going on, friends? Welcome to the Why the F Not podcast. This is episode 73. Today, a good friend of mine, a really, really good friend of mine, a brother of mine uh, from college, has come in to hang out uh, on the show, a member of the Tripod, the Holy Trinity from CSUN, John Bernos. John Bernos, uh, we share a love with Tom Brady. Or, but no, wait, we share a love for Tom Brady. <laughs> Me and John don't share a love with Tom Brady. You know, I mean, what do we, no, that, no but yeah, welcome to the show. Sit back, relax. It's a, it's a beautiful conversation. Hope y'all enjoy. Uh, welcome to the Why the F Not podcast with John Burdos. Yo, boom, boom, kachoo. Uh, another, uh, Another episode, another guest, and now we have uh, John Bernos, another friend from college, but this is a friend who's a part of the illustrious, the mythical, the iconic tripod. I'm trying to make one with my hands. I don't know. When this, when this podcast becomes like like a video also, I like that'll be really helpful so people can see, you know, once I get the studio set up. But John Bruno, dude, thanks for coming, bro. Well, here in the Thank virtual you. Discord space. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, dude. So okay, I'm a big so- fan of hey, too. So I feel I feel honored. I feel I feel nice. This is great. Dude, you're a fan of the sh- Well, thank you, brother. Thank you, man. I mean, hey, you know, just a little a little hangout space just to talk about dreams, geeking out about, you know, or even talk about the weather. Like, I don't know. I feel like, is that what that is that what you do naturally as you get older? You just talk more about the weather? Oh, yeah, man. I think, I think that's, that's like the quintessential I'm getting old, like, phrase that you gotta or like sentence conversation starter almost but uh but yeah man no it's it's funny it's uh it's funny there's a difference between what's going on where you are and where i am so it's like today people were complaining that it was super hot and i was like um i'm about to do a podcast later with a guy who is in a state where it's over 100 degrees and everything's on fire so don't talk about Count your blessings. Yeah, talk about that. Right? I saw this TikTok of this guy from San Francisco who was like, yeah. Uh, hi, yeah, as you all know, uh, California is suffering a, an intense heat wave. And for example, here in the Bay Area, I have gone from wearing a sweater yesterday to wearing a jacket today. So we're really feeling it here. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny, man. And like it's it's the end times. Let's just let's just put it out there. Dude, for, fucking, you know, all we're wait, all I'm waiting for is either some super ancient virus to like defrost from ancient ancient Antarctica or the aliens. Yeah, I'm thinking Godzilla is going to appear in the Pacific somewhere. You know, or King Kong might come out of the Earth's core whatever happened it would make sense like the temperature of the water changing things melting opening up releasing from under the depths of the ocean like they found that cave in china where there was literally an ecosystem 
within underground. Yeah. A whole Dude, forest. My mind. And I was like, okay, if you're telling me there's not some sort of fire-breathing lizard that lives down there, then count me out. I mean, you know, or if there's like a T-Rex running around there, a brontosaurus of some kind, you know. But, I, yeah, man, I'm telling you, like, people are like, oh, space is like the final frontier. You know, a lot of, I guess, Star Trek fans will probably say that. But, <laughs> like, you know, I'm pretty sure there's still so much of Earth that we just haven't seen. And the oceans included, right? So, I think that the Earth is still so much to explore. And I'm, I like, am deathly afraid of the ocean. Like, I love the ocean a lot. But I also have, like, major respect for the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's natural. I think that's something we should have. You know, I don't know. People people have such a, a, a silly ability to feel like they're greater than the world, greater than the ocean, you know, conquering the ocean or greater than space. You know, all these, you know, it's pure fucking ego, right? But, like, there's, yeah, there's so much we don't know. Under We can't even go down there. Yeah. Like... I, I was looking at those random Facebook watch videos that randomly show up. I don't know what my algorithm is thinking, but <laughs> it was this random video of how deep the ocean, at least how much have we explored, you know, and James Cameron went down pretty deep. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, he didn't really go down that deep. Oh. And you're like, and oh man, I I I, I don't even want to know. I want to know what's down there, but I don't want to know what's down there. Does that make sense? That <laughs> makes sense. That may, it's that natural curiosity we all have, right? I mean, dude, did you hear that they have officially discovered in space in whatever, right? It, like science has officially yeah. discovered the presence of God or some sort of presence, like. Beyond, like controlling you the universe i don't know what like if it's like you know allah or whoever right but they're like i don't know it's like in thor right where he's like the things you call magic is just technology for us yeah exactly it's like science and magic is one and the same and you know and and it's uh it's so again i think i mean you know, I think a lot of people try to discount a lot of things, but like when something like that comes out, you've got to just be like, all right, man, I'm, you know, existence, you, it, existence comes into question and you're like, man, if there's something that big out there, then, you know, what's going on here on earth? You know what I mean? So it's, you know, but it's, it's insane, man. Things are, things are crazy. I feel like the pandemic just opened up like a whole world of different curiosities and discoveries almost, which is insane. But yeah. I mean, we had time to just be by ourselves. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't yeah, have man. our natural escapes. We didn't have our, our things that we cope with, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, vices, whatever it is. That's like, no, stay home. What yeah. do you got? Exactly. Oh my gosh, dude. Like, 
the the therapy sessions that I had during like <laughs> lockdown were some of the and I was stone cold sober too. Like yeah. you know, I and you know you know me. I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I don't do any of that. I'm the person in college that brought Capri Suns to the party. All day, son. And all day Capri Suns. Um <laughs> but yeah. So, like, dude, the thing that I was saying to my therapist at the time, because I was still in California, she was like, wow, very, it was just like one of those, you just got to, like, nod along kind of things, because I just kept going from, like, tangent to tangent, because, like you said, we were just by ourselves, and then just, like, weird self-exploration was going on, and it just opened up a whole new weird world in my mind of you know, going down past traumas, new traumas, the this and that and oof. But yeah. Yeah now. But how are you, man? How's things? How's like how's how's Wait, stuff? Don't, don't 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 skip around that. Time out. Wait, I, were you having like were you having like aha moments? Is that what you were having? Like a lot of like, oh that's why or and like, oh my God, that's why. Were you, is is that what you were going going through? thousand percent man so like um so i i was living in new york for a little bit and um and uh you know i was in a pretty not so great relationship and that's when i started therapy for the first time Mm. and pre-pandemic was like 2018 2019 and um before i moved back to california um my therapist brought me on to the attachment theory Mm. of attachment styles and relationships. And so she gave me this book. Um, and I was like, I kind of thumbed through it and I was like, ah, whatever. Like, (laughs) um, but you know, I ended up moving back to California and then come lockdown uh that's self-exploration digging in and finding these weird things i weirdly came back to the attachment theory Mm. and um uh and i'm sure steph can probably elaborate on this way more better than i can but you know it's it led me down i kept thinking going through my relationship that relationship i was in I was like, I'm a very secure attachment style. I think I'm pretty, I'm doing everything right. And then I come, come to find out now after exploring it again in lockdown, I was like, Oh, I am anxious. A F. Know thyself, man. Oh my gosh, dude. And it just, and then, um, then when I started going back to therapy during lockdown, um, my therapist brought that up again. And she was like, yeah, you, this seem, you seem pretty anxious. She do. And she was thinking that, um, anxious as well as avoidant. And then I don't know if you remember, but when Jenny and I met up with you and Steph, at downtown disney to have dinner mm-hmm. we were in and um and i told stephanie i was like yeah my therapist told me that i created a minefield for myself that doesn't exist and 
she equated that to people who are avoidant. And so, and she was like, you kind of have the same traits as someone that's anxious as well as avoidant. So I was like, oh boy, that's what a combo. Like, yeah, it's like, I can't, I like went into two and, um, and so it took a lot of work, man. It took a lot of like self-reflection, self-exploration, um, a lot of prayer with that too. Like, um, and, and the thing is, uh, for all the listeners out there, uh, I am a non-denominational Christian. Um, and, uh, what's going denominational? If I, if, if I can ask, what, 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 what kind of Christian is that? Uh, basically it's like the, I don't want to say new wave, but it's derivative mostly from, uh, Pentecostal Christianity, at least my roots in my denominational church that I grew up here in Michigan in. Uh, and, um, so it's basically not, um, it's non-conforming to, uh, different rules. So like there's like seven day Adventists that, um, I think they do Sabbath on Saturday. Uh, God the Mother, um, that, uh, I, they do. I know of God the Mother, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, dude, nowhere, everywhere I've gone until a mall, I once got cornered at an in and out by God the Mother people. And, they can be a little dude, aggressive. They can be a little, they gre- can, like, Je- like Jehovah's Witnessy aggressive. Oh my gosh, dude. And like, I had just gotten the food, just gotten the food. 45 minutes goes by. I'm eating cold out in my car because of God, the mother. And it's like, you know, and uh, oh my gosh, dude. And I was so hungry. And like, I, 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 to their credit, I was also like conversing with them and like, we were kind of exchanging. It was a pretty good conversation, but I did have cold in and out. Nah, dude, and, it's very, it's very, it's it, it, honestly, I see it as very manipulative, like positivity or man, just trying to rope you in to talk to you, you know, cause you're just a nice yeah. guy in my opinion, right? You're just yeah. a nice guy. So I'm just like, if they're going to talk to you and play nice, they're doing, trying to get you, you know, cause you know who I love and resp- I love the Mormons. Mormons don't mess with you. Like you can tell that I've seen a video of a couple Mormon boys at the door of a of people who have like no soliciting sign. Right. And the Mormon kids like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's, let's just ring a bell. And they ring the bell and the woman on the ring camera goes, go away. We don't want anything. And the Mormon boy yeah. just goes, no worry. That's okay. Um, do you need any help with anything? And I'm like, what the fuck do you need help with anything? And it's, and it's so funny because there are, I feel like Mormonism, uh, really a lot of Christianity, they, and I was, um, oh shoot, there's another podcast I was listening to, Mm. but, um, Christianity, I think is the only, at least for the most part, uh, is the one that's almost criticized the most. And, you know, but for, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this, 
I'm just trying to, you know, paraphrase what yeah, someone yeah. else would say. You're wearing a red um, cap, man. What's that red cap say? What's that red cap say? All right, just checking. All right, speaking. Mickey- <laughs> uh, I know you don't hold house hat. <laughs> Let me change hat. Oh, that was cause... great. Oh, that was great. Oh, that's a Tom Brady. Tw- that's a TV twelve hat. That's a beautiful oh. hat, son. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so that's what we're saying. Please continue. So, like, uh, on this pod, they were saying that. Um, Christianity is the most heavily criticized of religions, uh, when it comes to, um, Islam, uh, Judaism, uh, or even Satanism, not as heavily criticized according to them, what they said. And I can understand why. And it's, and the thing is, it's, because people think that Christianity is supposed to be this, um, like you go into a church and it's supposed to be a museum or, a, you know, a place of perfect people. Mm. And to me, um, I think that church is actually a museum of broken people that are just trying to find salvation and then there are people that are in the church that don't view it that way and they put themselves on this high horse and um you know or uh there are people at the top for example uh hillsong church um the very <laughs> famous oh boy yeah. let's jump let's jump into that uh so i attended hillsong new york city and uh pastor carl lentz um awesome dude really i mean his preaching on fire i felt like motivated excited when i left church which is great turned out for 12 years or something like that i think over a decade he was having a marital affair and then it's you know and um and it oh my gosh it shook and it opened this pandora's box of hillsong and it was like going all the way back to like australia where it started and like sexual abuse and you know uh violence and things like that and i'm like i can get i understand why christianity is heavily criticized it's because i think i think they're inadvertently putting out a message that you have to be perfect um, and then when that facade or when that kind of image is broken, it then brings about a question of like, well, if Christianity is so perfect and this and that, how come you had a marital affair for 12 years or why are you still doing drugs or why is it this and why is it that? And, um, and I think that's almost one of the hard parts about being being someone that's a believer in Christ. Uh, but at the same time, I think you also have to not care what people think. Um, like I've told people that I'm a Christian and they're, you know, especially, especially in the community that you and I are in, which is the theater community, which is, I, I would say a very 
a large part of it is the LGBTQ plus community, you know, and it's so funny because every time I talk to someone that's from that community, they always grew up in the church Mm. and they were scarred by the church. And then, you know, for being who they are and they get to, you know, and then they have this terrible image of, of, you know, of God or Jesus or, you know what I mean? And which, you know, I think in the Bible, it's probably one of the most important, important stories in the Bible is, uh, Mary Magdalene, who was, um, who was, uh, having a marital affair with this guy who wasn't her husband. And people were like, well, Jesus, and they put Jesus to the test and they said, uh, the law says we're supposed to stone this woman to death. That's the law. She had a marital affair. Yeah, we got to kill her. And Jesus drew a line in the sand. And then he said, if you are perfect and without sin, throw the first killer. By all means, throw the first stone, take her out. And then everyone dropped a stone. You know what I mean? So I think, uh, there's weird, um, I think that's what Christians forget about a lot, if especially people in, who are, yeah, yeah, man. It's like, you know, they're, they're, they get mad at women who have, uh, children out of wedlock. They get mad at people who come out as, uh, as being gay, lesbian, non-binary, uh, they get mad at, you know, liberals, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, I'm like, if I may if jump you're perfect, in, if I yeah, may jump, go. if I may, if I may jump in, and that's the problem right there with modern Christianity or mainstream Christianity, let's call it, right? Let's call it mainstream Christianity. Is that, yeah. is that, is that they forget it's that there's, okay. Like, I don't even know where to, where to start this one off. Let's see. Uh, the church, the church, the reason why I personally haven't gone back to church is because church to me growing up, I went, I grew up evangelical Christian and that was like some next level type of Christian, very stern, strict women weren't allowed to wear pants, only long skirts for women. Uh, in the church there, there was like singing, but there was no instruments or whatever. I don't know. It's very, very odd, but it started seeing, seeming like a, like a place to put up your spirituality on this pedestal to show off how, how great your relationship with Christ is, how great you are. And, and, and I'm one who, who, who understands like, you know, I, I've understood that everyone has their own, their own way of living, right? Everyone, you know, goes through their own teachings to, of way, of way of life, you know, Buddhism, Christianity, Catholicism, Muslim, you know, all these beautiful teachings in their own ways. But people mess it up. And all those leaders who've come out with all these scandals, right? Or even all these leaders who aren't in scandals per se, right? They're not in, in any scandals, but it always feels like the church wants to f- make you feel like you're broken, like you need Christ. Like, and that's the thing that always like baffled me. And then I started getting into some weird stuff on TikTok, my friend. There's a book I've started reading called the, uh, called the, the sacred mushroom and the cross. Have you ever heard of this book? 
that sounds really familiar bro i feel like i yeah 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 this book so far in the beginning is is it's setting up the whole concept that christianity is something that that was built off of pagan uh fertility rituals that had a lot of psychedelic mushrooms involved in them a lot of that you know and uh mm-hmm. like fucking you know the the burning bush you know like that bush that what's his face is watching that and then he felt god it's like that bush like there's like a certain plant that grows in that area that when you burn it gives off i think it's like legit dmt so when you burn it and you breathe it in you're tripping like no you're in space you know what i mean so but anyways this book's tripped me out about that about what christianity can be so there's all these like things you can learn as you grow up right but one thing that really blew my mind about christ and i talked about this before with a friend on the podcast is that when so the so when jesus was here right as a teacher you know on the land he wasn't here to create students he wasn't here to create this flock of sheep he was here to create leaders when he was mm-hmm. saying you know i am christ you know i am one with the lord you are christ i heard that that blew my mind like jesus is saying not that you need me to be connected with mm-hmm. god you need to realize you are me we are all one some very you know, heavy, the- some very hippie psychedelic okay. stuff, you know what I mean? Very like lovey-dovey, we are all one type of stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, you know, the Bible says that we were created in Christ's image. You know what I mean? So I think that is what it was like hinting at. It's like, you don't need, I mean, you know, you live a good life, but know that, you know, I'm you and you're me and, you know, you know, try to do the best you can out there. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 I can it's feel a whole, you on the whole being hard to be Christian nowadays. I feel you on that. It's just, it, because when you have mega churches with these like crazy superstar level preachers, you know, and pimped out private jets, like, yeah, know, that, there's that creepy old guy, you know, like who's, oh, yeah, he, uh, I, I think it's he Kenneth died? Copeland. Did he die I don't yet? Know. Is he still kicking? So. I'm pretty sure he is. He he had the sermon during lockdown. Um, <laughs> he he was he was uh, preachers like him, especially like people who, um, very Southern Baptist or very uh, Southern Pentecostal, they get really riled up, and yeah. so he he got so riled up. He, he was praying out loud and on stage, and he was like, COVID-19? I'm going to blow you. And I was like, oh, my God. What dude, are you doing? Is... Oh, come on. Can someone get their grandpa down from the stage, please? Who is responsible so... for him? Dude, this is the same guy who said, and him and a bunch of other televangelists, they... They were like, um, gay people wear a ring that has a needle on the end of it. Yeah. So when they go and hand, they can transfer you HIV and AIDS. Oh, no. <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> because, you know, science. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny how, uh, and the thing is, I feel like because they're so on the 
front of Christianity in terms of like exposure, notoriety, fame, whatever you want to say, you know, they put this weird image of what Christianity is supposed to be. And when someone like them falls, it, it just, it's a domino effect to the rest of us. And it hurts because it's like, I'm not perfect, but I am loved anyway, even though I am imperfect. And, you know, I think that that's what people should be chasing is knowing that they're imperfect, not continuing to trying to be imperfect in terms of like, you know, if, if you abuse something or something like that, but trying to chase the feeling of trying to be as good as you can. I think really at the end of the day, I think the Bible just tries to teach you how to be a good person. You know what I mean? Like we can't, we can't, like the Bible, we can't read literally. Like I think the Bible is a great storybook and has a lot of great lessons and metaphors and a lot of things you can meditate on and learn from. Right. But I think why Christianity gets the bad rap is because like that story about, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene and saying like, you know, you know, if you, if you haven't sinned, you know, throw, cast the first stone. Right. And like no one casts the stone. But I think what's going on now with with, you know, mainstream Christianity, maybe, is that they are casting throw stones left and right. They're saying gays. Here's a stone. Trans. Here's a stone. You know, like and I think in the both. Oh, you know exactly. what I mean? It's like like literally picketing in front of abortion clinics, giving them a hard time, and and I feel like yeah. like you don't see Buddhists doing that. I, I've never seen a, a a Jewish person doing that. I've never seen. I mean, I don't know if Catholics do. They probably do it too. I don't know, but you know, but you always see Christians in the forefront to cast that first stone, and I think that's Absolutely. why uh, the other Christians who don't you know cast stones are like, oh my god, I'm getting all this hate. It's like, yeah. it's like the whole cop thing. Like the whole cop issue, right? Not all cops are bad. Like, what? Like, dude, I still try. It saddened me that like I have all these negative feelings about police officers because of all those negative ones. But I'm sure there's good officers out there because it's like you know, it's. I think it's a necessary thing in society, police officers. But again, there's some terrible fucking officers out there who are making it terrible for the other officers, you know, and it's. It's it's it uh, it's it's uh, there's just no retribution. There's no change. There's no saying like, all right, maybe we should tax the churches. Maybe the yeah. Bentley riding pastor in his private jet should be taxed a little bit more. Yeah. And the thing is, they're putting out this. Um, there's this awesome church out in um, Texas. And I know I just said Texas because it's like a super crazy Texas. But um, <laughs> there's this church out there called The Porch. And uh, their pastor, um, Marvin, David Marvin, I think his name is, he gave this awesome sermon. Um, and he was saying that, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians, especially on, like on Instagram, uh, social media, across the board, they give what's called Instagram uh, verses. Mm. And it's just, and he called them partial truths. And it's making promises that God never made. So, um, for example, uh, there's a, a famous verse and it says, uh, and a lot of people put it up, uh, you know, a lot of athletes put it up. Um, a lot of famous Christian influencers 
John put Wick's it up. Seen? It's no, no it's uh, man, I pulled down my butt, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna yeah. pull down on my butt. <laughs> If you said it and I looked it up, and be like, that's it. Um, but no, it goes, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a good life, or plans to give you prosperity or whatever. People say that when, so let's say I lost my job. Right. I go to church, especially the church I'm at now. Um, I won't say the name out loud, but it's in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um <laughs> they give this verse so like let's say i lost my job uh-huh. and i go to the church and i'm like um yeah i lost my job i'm just praying well you know john the lord the bible says for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans to prosper you plans to do this so that means when this door closes that means god's just gonna give you a better job and i'm like but really what people leave out is what's before that verse. Hmm. Because what happened is that in uh, Israel was taken over by uh, the Babylonians. And I'm pretty, I hope I get this right. But um, the Israelites were exiled to Babylon to be worked as slaves, to, you know, live and whatever. They took like the top... 2% of Israelites and moved them to Babylon to work to, you know, do all these things in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Babylon was not a good place. And what, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Jeremiah. So um, the Bible said that these people were exiled to Babylon and they were like, we're going to be, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh, we're stuck. And Jeremiah, who wrote this book and this verse, said, the Lord is saying, get comfortable because you might be in Babylon. You're going to be in Babylon for like 70 years, 70, 100 years. So you might as well get comfortable. But it's okay because the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to whatever. So what a lot of people, I think, leave out is that when they say that verse is I might be stuck in this kind of terrible gray area for a while, but I better get comfortable and strengthen my faith, strengthen my relationship with Christ because who knows how long I'm going to be here because, you know, God may have a plan, but who knows when that plan is going to come to fruition. Hmm. You know what I mean? And, and um, there's also another verse too, where uh philippians it's in philippians pretty sure uh one of the great um one of the great uh preachers in the bible paul um he was in jail and this verse says he wrote a verse that says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me Mm. and on if you go to like any um i just went there the other day uh me uh chrissy my brother justin we all went to uh we went to this christian school uh in saline michigan it's called it was called saline christian back then now it's called the washington christian academy Mm. but if you go into any of those schools washington christian academy uh 
Bethel High School or whatever, Christian schools, you'll see that verse in their gyms because it's like, we're going to win this one for Jesus. Like, <laughs> kind of burnt. Like, you can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Let's let's go beat East High because God wants us. Right? Um, but, and people use that verse as like this pump up verse, like, get hyped because you can do all things through Christ, right? Like, you're going through a breakup, don't worry. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because you're going to be strong enough to find another partner. You know, all these things. And so, um, but again, what a lot of people leave out is what he wrote before that. And it's, uh, he wrote, um, he wrote, I know how to live on nothing. I know how to live on everything. I know what it is to have a lot. I know what it is to have a little. I can be starving. I can be rich. But no matter what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, you know, what it's supposed to be is that no matter what the situation is, you know, it's saying that your relationship with God should be enough to get you through it, not to get you to something better, but to keep you sustained so that you can continue to have faith that things will get better. Um, maybe it changes your outlook on life positively. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians, especially they bash this, um, this new wave of like, I'm going to manifest finances i'm gonna manifest this i want to like i'm manifesting good vibes i'm manifesting that i'm gonna get this good job like christians knock on that Why? but let's be isn't real that, isn't that necessarily <laughs> christianity yeah exactly same thing right yeah exactly Christ, you're manifesting yourself right there that's another form of manifestation a thousand percent and the, and i, I know i kind of went on a huge tangent there but going that, back man. to these yeah, yeah, yeah going back to these leaders uh like joel osteen for example um the man who had money in his walls oh, oh yeah totally um you know he wrote in the new york post or times or a very famous news uh newspaper you know it says god wants us all to be rich he wants us all to have plenty he wants us all to have this and i'm like Dude, that's not, that's not the case. Like, it, it's not, unfortunately. Like, if it happens to you, good on you. Like, great, amazing. Like, be blessed, live your life. But nowhere in the Bible does it say God is going to give me $2 billion. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm scrapping right now to like, try to pay off my student loans. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, and I'm John, still praying. If you donate to the church, and if you give money to the church, the God will multiply that money for you, and you will be rewarded tenfold. I've yeah. seen so many churches that yeah. do that stuff. They're like, hey, donate money to the church, and you will get it yeah. back. It will come back to yeah. you. Well, there's a, Yeah, and that's the thing. There's such a difference because um, there are churches – that so there's what's called a tithe and an offering. So tithes is your biblical duty to give money to the church so you can keep it afloat. 
right? Uh, that's to like maintain the church, make sure that the plumbing's working, making sure I get that. Should that right? be like an entrance fee? Like there's a bouncer with a basket, like, hey, five bucks to get in, five bucks. Yeah, a little bit. Um, there are Tommy. churches that there are purchase, there are churches that like force people to tithe, and I'm like, come on, man, that's not that's not the way. And then there's offerings, which is like, oh, I'm just going to give a little bit extra because of you know I want to be nice or whatever. Charitable, and isn't, it, isn't it supposed to be charitable? Are you are you supposed to feel like you're you're giving money to the church because the church helps the community? Exactly. You're not technically a private jet or anything like yeah, that. Exactly. For real, dude. And it's that's what hurts about it. And the thing is, right now, especially with like smaller churches, for example, the one that I'm going to now, um, their money, the money that I'm giving out of my paycheck, yeah, is paying for the home of the pastors, not paying, not paying necessarily for the church. I'm paying the lease on their home, their mortgage. And like, and it's so annoying because I'm doing my biblical duty, but you're taking my biblical duty and using it to fund your lifestyle. Mm. You know what I mean? There are, there are pastors who are indicted every day of embezzling church money. Like buying lavish homes, like Joel Osteen, uh, buying like Louis Vuitton shirts and Vulgari jewelry. I don't know, uh, but you know oh, they're you... doing these. Oh, it's, it hurts! It's, it's braggadocious. It's extremely. There's like shows out there nowadays that like uh, just portray this sat- satirically, of course, right? Like, have you seen uh, what was it? The oh shoot, yo, babe, what's that show with with our boy Danny? What's his face with the with with Jeff Goldblum, the mighty gold? Fuck, hold up, hold up, shoot, give me, a, dude. Honestly, I'll tell you right now, if you have, I think it was on HBO. But what's? Oh my God, Danny and, and um uh 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 the uh, precious gemstones or something like that. Oh, there that, it that is. Yes, the the gemstones. Yes. What is stones, it? Yeah. The name of this show, the righteous gemstones. Right. Oh my gosh! Like I want to say John Goodman. Excuse me. I hope I didn't say Jeff Goldblum, not Uncle Jeff. Jeff. I was gonna say. I was like, that's John Goldblum. John. John Goodman. John Goodman. Jeff Goldblum would kill it. Jeff Goldblum would kill it in any show, honestly. Um, But yeah, dude. Like that. That's the perfect example of what goes down. You know what I mean? And it's. Oh, so they're the ones so giving bad. Christians a bad name. So honestly, it, it and it's it's hard, and that it's the thing. It's like Christians have been throwing stones for so long. It's hard to have sympathy for you know innocent Christians in the crossfire. But then that's when we have to try to practice you know empathy. But that's what I'm hoping the new religion of wokeness is bringing too. You know, empathy. You know, something that helps me. I, I stole this from Joe Joe Rogan, but. He says he started looking at people like babies and he, he was able to do this after he had babies, you know, but like you start, yeah. like if I see you like, you know, I, I see you right here in front of me, John, like I'm not seeing just John, the man, you know, grown and shit, but I have to also realize this is John who was born at some point, was a toddler or learned to walk at some point, learned to speak, went through his life. I don't know what he went through, right? 
but it's it's that empathy, you know, and a lot of people need need religion to kind of find that empathy, find that inner peace, which is totally okay. But when you start saying that you're right and they're wrong, that's when whoa, there's the line. Back up, please. Thousand yeah. percent. So, and the thing is it's and that's the hard thing about a lot of those very like elitist kind of Christians is like they won't even hear the other side. Like they know, like no question the, like you shouldn't do this. Well, the reason why I'm doing, ah, I don't want to hear it. You shouldn't do it. Like, Bible. You know, Bible says you're wrong. Yeah. Bible says you're wrong. Bye. Mm-mm. Bible says, like, wrong. Bible says, you know, don't eat shellfish. Why are you eating lobster? Like, um, like, do you want to know why the church of Satan isn't criticized the way Christianity is? Because the Church of Satanism is one of the most open, open and accepting religions out there. Like if you really oh. learn about the, the Church of Satan and whatnot, like their commandments, it, mm-hmm. your, it, your, bo- your body, your temple, you know, a lot of the things yeah. that we would resonate with. You know what I mean? They're not they're not telling you you can't get an abortion or or they're not telling you what to do with your body at all. And I think that's mm-hmm. again where Christianity messes up, where it's like stop yeah. telling people what to do. There was this, um, I told this at church once and people kind of got angry at me. Um, or they were very, uh, Are you indifferent. The bad boy in your church, John, be real. Are you the bad boy? I, it's only because like I've seen the holes and I've seen. Why am I paying for pastor's what? house? No, no, no. Why am well, I paying? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I like, for example, like I'm. Uh, I'm serving at the church. So like I, I sing in the, uh, on the, on the worship team. Uh, you know, again, that's my biblical duty. I'm doing, I'm helping the church by being on stage and singing songs, which is great. Um, I'm listening to the sermons, uh, you know, taking in my own faith. I do my own devotional every day. Um, I journal what I'm doing every day. You know what I mean? Like I know my own faith. Uh, but you know, at this church, especially when my, uh, especially when I've been there for so long, cause I was there since I, I've been there, going to that church since I was nine. So Ooh, wow. that church, that's like my house. Like, right. you know, I've, you know, ran around all over that place. Uh, but it, it hurts because now I'm seeing how the system is now that I'm kind of on the inside and I'm like, oof, if my faith was not as strong as it is, I would be like, I'm done with God. <laughs> Wait, but I'm is, done it your, with- is, is it your faith with God being challenged right now? Or is it your faith slash relationship with the church being challenged? Yeah. It's the faith with like the physical church. Yeah, spiritually yeah, people. Yeah. So I question. What you know what God I mean? Do? Like God's a, God's yeah. a, uh, an idea. God's a omnipotent. If you, whatever you want to believe, like God didn't do this. Yeah. The people running this church, they're the ones. Hello. I'm never one to just force my beliefs on somebody. Um, and Lance, uh, I, 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 I was ready to talk about Lance. Um, yeah. Oh, let's do I'm, it. I miss him so much, man. I was thinking about him the other day. Uh, but 
I remember we went to, I think it was, I think we were in drought. We were doing drowsy chaperone. Pretty sure that was it. And you, me, uh, Jenny Park and Lance were like, let's go, let's go get some food. We went to Sharky's and then we had that like in depth conversation about religion. And Lance was, uh, agnostic. And, and then I remember we went back to the green room and he asked me, he was like, so like, what is it really? What is it about this thing? And I was like, look, dude, like I, I can't, I don't want to tell you, like, I don't want to like force anything on you. All I can tell you in my life, like what has happened, it's gotta be God. Cause there's really no way that I could be so many things have happened that were out of my control. Um, and so many like signs and these wonders that have happened that just kind of matched up. Uh, and I, and you know, my faith being what it is, you know, it's gotta be God. You know what I mean? Before I got drowsy, I was like low, 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 like rock bottom about to, you know, call it quits on life in general. Um, Sitting outside the green room saying, I'm not going to make no friends. I'm not going to talk to nobody. I'm here to do my time. Get in, get out. Yeah. David Del Mundo was like, are you going to do it? (laughs) You're going to do a show? No. Get out of this place. Um, But yeah, like, and and it's it, it's funny and then things just unfolded and then no way no way the path i should have gone down should have been the path i'd gone down had i not you know got down on my knees and and you know prayed and and asked not that good things will happen but that i have that these bad things are happening to me, but I can sustain it because of, you know, my beliefs. And, um, and, you know, it's not just doing good and all that stuff, but, so um, kind of so, going back. So, so you were yeah. going through some, some, spe- you were specifically going through hard things prior to drowsy that you were yeah, searching man. for strength that you were going to get past it. Totally. And, um, I'll talk about it now. And I don't, I don't know if I told you, you but I mean, you, so yeah, share whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was at radio Disney. Um, I worked at Disney channel and radio Disney for a long time. Uh, the Disney, I'm, you know, uh, Disney worldwide in general, going back from, uh, being at parks and being at Disney channel, back to parks, back to channel, all these things. And, Disney became my like identity mm. because, and here's a fun fact for about Filipinos, um, especially like Filipino parents, you know, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's like this in the Latin and in, in, in the, in the Latinx community too, right? Parents hype their kids up when they go to like parties or when they're around a company, they're like, Oh, my son's a doctor. Oh, my, my daughter is the head nurse practitioner at this. 
my daughter graduated summa cum laude, whatever. You know what right. I mean? My, my like self-esteem um, came from my mom being able to tell her friends back here in Michigan, John and John and Chrissy both work for Disney and like they're meeting these celebrities all the time and they're hanging out at these places or whatever. And it became, it consumed me so much that it became my identity. Come to find out that, um, that Bob Iger cut Radio Disney out of Disney Worldwide. So, um, at the time, I was, oh yeah, I was a choreographer for the 21 local station, 24 local stations throughout the U.S. So when, when, uh, street teams or promotion teams go out to events, the dances they do that they teach the kids, that's like my choreography. And, um, so, you know, I was riding high. I was like making good money. I was, I was on air talent. I was hosting shows on the radio. Like, um, I was producing shows. Chrissy and I were working together. Chrissy was, uh, getting started. She was a coordinator, um, doing video content and like, we were, you know, this Disney dynamic duo. Bob Iger shuts down Radio Disney. At, in terms of the local stations, they will still have, you know, Radio Disney will still exist, but these local stations, people who are working in Kansas City, Detroit, uh, Boston, all these, they're shut down. They all lose Thin, their jobs, including that out, if you will, just thinning oh. it out. And now, oh my gosh, and then Bob Chapek comes along. Ho! Uh, yes, let's not go down that route. Yeah. Boy. But, um, so, boom. My identity is gone. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't have a job. I'm not making money. Um, I have to keep borrowing money from uh, Chrissy, who is killing it. She's making dough. Um, I got loans from my dad. Um, you know, I was trying to just like, I was barely staying afloat and I just fell into this deep depression. And then, um, one day I was just like, uh, it was after our last event at Radio Disney around that time, um, October, November, 2014, uh, just got back from Thanksgiving. Chrissy was still in Michigan. I was back in LA by myself mm-hmm. and I was so low. I was weeping cause I was like, I'm not finding any jobs. I'm not getting anything done. Self-esteem. I take a bottle. Yeah. It was so like, you know, and I was in school. I was at CSUN. So like I was in school and I was so like, dude, and my, you're going through this huge professional shift and going to school. Full, you were a full-time student? Full-time. And like, and it was, Ooh. it wasn't a solid semester. It really wasn't. But like, but I did have AJ's history class. Like I had, I had Christine for voice, which can get dicey and, you know, um, but I was so low because my grades were falling my um my self-esteem's in the gutter so i'm like fuck it dude like i'm not making it i'm broke <laughs> like mm. uh you know 
uh, these were all things all, that you used to give that that were giving you worth that that you thought gave you worth, like your job at Disney and like like uh, your money or whatever, right? Just having that that your shows, all that being taken. Fuck, dude, that's a hit. That's a big that's a big hit to one. And on top of that, um, the I'd like to say the one that got away. No, had dumped it. No, when it rains, it pours, man. It's terrible. So, um, so like, dude, I'm done. I'm done with life. I took a bottle of brake fluid <gasps> and chugged that thing. Oh. Uh, like, I really, I like, I, ch- uh, yeah, it was a full bottle too. Like, I don't know why it was in the closet, but, um, so I drank that. I, and then I, I passed out. Um, the next thing I remember, I'm waking up. I woke up. I drank like three quarters of brake fluid. Yeah. Like, how does that not fuck up your system? Like what, what happened? Like, did you wake up back in your apartment? I woke up the next day at like, I think I, I'm pretty sure I drank it around like 10 o'clock at night, maybe. Uh-huh. I woke close to like one or two in the afternoon and I woke up and I was like, Oh, and I, I'm, I'm still kind of like fuzzy. I can't really see that. Well, um, probably due to what I drank. And I was like, oh, dude, um, yeah. So I woke up and I was like, okay, where am I? I know I drank the thing. Am I dead? And I was like, and I looked around. Nope, I'm not. And immediately, I just felt like a, oh, like I ran to the toilet, dude. I puked for like 30 minutes straight. Just like everything. I could see the brake fluid just coming out of my, what I ate the night before. Like every, like, oh my gosh, I just regurgitated that everything and um and i was like dude and i was like what how did that not work like i was so disappointed you were bummed i was bummed dude i was bummed out of my mind that it didn't work i wonder like stop that it didn't work i I wonder because you didn't you don't you, you didn't drink up till that point you didn't drink any alcohol right no alcohol at all in your body and you were a you you were a dancer, a choreographer. You you I mean you're a healthy person, right? I wonder if your body was able just to keep you, keep you like sustain you enough and knock you out because you passed out, which probably means that like when you pass out, your body's not working. Like there's no not, not that it's not working, but you're not digesting shit, right? You're not processing the fluid in your stomach. And the second you woke up, your body's like, nope, exit, exit out. Exactly. And it's like, I, you know, I threw up. I thought I would personally, I would have, it would come out the other end and not my mouth. But like, oh, um, no, man. if it came out it the like, other end, your body would have processed, it would have gone through like your liver. It exactly. Dude. I was, I was so, dude, I, uh, yeah. You it was so like crazy. Vision? There's like post effects even after like the vision couldn't see like everything was kind of blurry when i woke up and then it cleared up and then boom nausea and then i threw up 
Um, luckily I made it to the toilet, but like, but I was just like in there and then I was so pissed. It didn't work. So like incredibly angry. Um, and I remember I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to put it off. Um, whatever. I'll just go about my day, I guess. And I'll get back to it. I, I think something told me I should just get back to it. Um, and then what's funny is that after I threw up like about three or four hours later, I get a call from my dad and he was like, Hey man, like, and, uh, my dad is like one of like, he's such a, a rock in my life, like a guidance, uh, you know, spiritually as well as like, you know, physically and all that. Right. And he just gave like this pep talk. He's like, dude, listen, man, like this is just temporary. You know, things are going to, things hopefully will get better. Wait, just try your best. Him? No, I didn't tell anybody. Wow. I didn't tell them. Until, I didn't tell them, dude, until, um, I didn't tell them. I don't think I told them until, uh, until we got in drowsy chaperone. Yo, that's some crazy energy right there. The fact that your dad called you after you woke up, like, no, because that was when was the what? When did he call you? Time wise. Uh, so I woke up at like, I woke up at two in the after. I'm pretty sure it was like two in the afternoon. He called me at like probably like five or six p.m. Like that, which did is give you a pep talk. Right here, it's like eight p.m., nine p.m. in Michigan. Yeah. So, oh, he's a he's a pretty like early sleeper. Um. But, you know, you. so he sensed something he called you to be like, yo, man, like, I know things are hard right now and whatnot, but they're yeah. temporary. But, oh, man. Oh, so weird. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Whatever. And then um, and so what I did out of just like my weird Christian brain, <laughs> uh, I got down. I prayed and I was like, Lord. I really repent for like trying to take my life into my own hands and trying to, you know, but this sucks. Like I'm in hell right now. Like you got to give me something or I'm just going to try again. Like, um, I, I, I planned it all out. I was like, I'm going to go. I don't even care who finds me. I was going to go to the, remember the gym we used to work out in, in my, in my, in the lot. And remember, in, the, in your apartment uh, the complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, hmm. I bet I could hang myself from pull-up bar. Uh-huh. It's pretty high enough, but I can do it. Uh, so I was like, dude, surefire way. Surefire way for me to get this done. And uh, so I prayed, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, then rolls around... Uh, the auditions for Drowsy, pretty sure. No way. How, wait, what? How? Wait, no way. It, what was the, t- what's that time frame look like? Uh, <sighs> Drowsy opened in. No, auditions. Like, wait, like. Oh, I- from the incident. Yeah, from the incident and auditions. When was this? When was this? When, like, what's that time frame look like? 
Um, it was a, it was close. Pretty sure. Do I have that right? I'm pretty sure. Hold like, on. Like you, the attempt to take your life happened. Time happened. Yeah. Passed by, and then you auditioned. And then, yeah, I auditioned. And then, um, and then at the same time as I was auditioning, I was trying to get, um, this work study program at this dance studio in North Hollywood, uh, called Move and Lifestyle, which is unfortunately no longer there, which is very sad. Um, but I was, I was trying to get a work study position there so I could train for free, you know, work at this cool studio. Um, so, uh, one by, that was the first, um, that was the first win, I think. And then, and then on, then after that, I got drowsy. And then shortly after that, um, shortly after that, I, for some reason, got this like weird motivation academically and then made the Dean's list. And then like, that's what's up. Slowly after that, I got a really cool job coaching basketball and then, uh, which paid really good. So like these things just set up so perfectly after trying to veer away from where I was in terms of trying to veer away from like, you know, how my faith and beliefs and all that. And, you know, so it, it, it's so weird. And Dude, that's all you, man. Uh, that like, cause if I may, if I may jump in, man, yeah, like, dude. I've, always, I've always thought of prayer being just another word for meditation. You know, it's another form, if you will. It's that's when you think about it, you know, all these, all these things, you know, like meditation, everyone, everyone talks about how important meditation is for oneself. And from what you shared, right, when you were meditating after waking up and throwing up and being all, being, you know, angry and hurt and what, and all these emotions, it looked like you were it, it, like letting that ego go, right? Letting that ego go and just, just a lot of letting yourself be angry, you know, validating that emotion, you know, just being like, you know, pain or whatever and just pushing through it and it helped. Guy, you know, your faith helped you take each step forward to get that job at the dance studio and then to get your butt to go audition for Drowsy. Like, who, was it David Del Mundo? What was it that got you to audition for Drowsy? It was David, man, because he was, I mean, well, he gave me the ultimatum in a sense because I was on track for graduation and he was like, oh, you're missing show credits. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you need four. You've knocked out three because I took Paula's prop class, which inadvertently gave me. So like I did the blood for bloody, bloody Andy Jackson and made the dominoes for that scene. And like all, the, you know, um, which I feel so terrible and don't hate me, but I didn't watch the show. What, bloody, um, bloody? No, dude, because I was again, I was so detached. I didn't want to know any of you. Like, I wasn't in that one. I, it's all right. I don't take that personally. <laughs> uh, I did, but I did see Bad Boy, and I did love you in that. Um, oh, fucking bless but, you, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and and uh, but yeah. So like, 
it, it's David was like, you got to do a show or three, man. And I was like, what? He's like, well, you could be on crew or you can be cast in a show. And I was like, okay. And here's again, my stupid judgmental brain because I had already been in classes with most of the people who are cast in these shows. Um, like, uh, I didn't want to be a crew member because I was thinking that some of these folks were not going to be very nice. And they're going to be like, you know, uh, you know, snooty actors, you know what I mean? If, if you were crew, uh, you mean? Yeah, if I were crew, I didn't want to be at the mercy oh, of like. What oh. names are you thinking about right now? Who are you thinking about? We can, we can go off air. List. Um, but the, here's the thing. Um, just the people who ended up being in Drowsy, had I crewed for the show, that actually would have been okay. I really like that cast a lot. It was um, a great group of people, man. Great group of people. Dude such a great show and um and so i was like i was like what so what show is what what show is happening like what is it and i was like probably gonna be some stupid like i don't know uh but he was like um the next one's the drowsy chaperone i was like it's so funny because like literally a few years before that i watched the original cast on broadway with Sutton foster and everyone and i love that you saw that production? I want my cousin won the lottery when they were at the Marriott Marquis in, in New York. Nice. And so, dude, and uh, and that's what our family does when we go to New York is we spread each other out through Times Square. <laughs> we each enter the lottery and then whoever gets one gets one. And then we just see who wants to watch what and then we go for it. So that's my amazing. cousin won the lottery. Drowsy. And I was like, dude, um, that was my first time watching uh, Sutton Foster live. And it, she changed my life. Um, As she Sutton was an Foster angel. does. As she does. Typical so Sutton. Out, so you find out it's Drowsy Chaperone, and then you're like, boom, I'm going to audition. And so I, I go and audition. Uh, I see you all in that green room. You know, I passed that green room every day before I met you guys. And I was like, freaking people, dude. Oh, like, dude, get me out of here. Disney Channel original movie, my dude. Okay. And Filipino college, college student. Um, it's going to be a Filipino college student, right? Who like goes through some really hard times at the beginning of the movie, you know, really, really dark, hard times. And then like, he's about to graduate college. But here comes the academic advisor saying, like, look, well, let's call him John. Look, John, if you want to graduate, you're going to have to do a show. A show? Oh, I guess so. And then you keep passing by the green room. You see them. And you're like, ah, bunch of weirdos. I don't know about that. And it's like, and yeah, dude, I was just so turned. family. Fucking you're the Zac Efron of the group. You We become family. I walk up to you. I'm the Corbin Blue of the group. I come over and I'm like, hey, what what are you up to, man? Are you in the show? Hey. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's so funny because it's it's think about it like this. And I think this is why like I've held on to our friendship for so long. Because 
the first person to talk to me was Lance. Followed by you. Followed by Cody. And, you know, and it's so funny because it's like, you know, obviously I love Cody to death. And it's so I hadn't seen Cody in a long time and I actually got to see him at Disneyland. And it was like, dude, it had been like no time had passed, which is so great. But you guys like brought me into the, they're like, you guys were like, you come to the green room, man. <laughs> the green room. I was like, great. Turns out everyone was really cool. And then doing the show and then, um, getting the lead uh, in town. Boy, like, like, did you see yeah. now that I know this story of you, right? And like the, the background before you see the shows you did at CSUN, like, like, how did it feel? To not want to do have anything to do with this department and not want to get get along with any of these people, and you not only do a show, but then you follow up by getting the lead in the next musical. Like, how did that yeah. feel, dude? Again, I felt like that wasn't supposed to be in the cards um, because when I was here in Michigan in Ann Arbor, um, especially in Ann Arbor, uh, there was this talent show called future stars and it became citywide famous so ann arbor is a pretty big little town so people from all over the town would come and watch this show and i was just a dancer so i ended up winning and um which was really cool but people kept viewing me as like a dancer like oh you're gonna be so i was like oh okay that's my identity i'm gonna be this dancer and then you know then it fuels my identity more because I'm at Radio Disney. I'm choreographing, um, dancing at moving lifestyle. You know, what I mean, I'm, I'm choreographing for, you know, some small artists here and there. And, you know, that's my identity. And, um, and actually the people that gave me the confidence to be like, why don't you try acting? Cause you're pretty good at it was actually Shad Carey. And Shad's wife, Heidi. And they were like, you know, they kind of saw me more as just what I thought I was. Um, And which was cool. But at the same time, going into Urinetown, it was it was scary because uh, I have terrible imposter syndrome. So um, going through that process uh, the more and more I felt like I'm not supposed to be, here. <laughs> um, you know, not even uh, supposed to be here today, Ugh. especially because, you know, I was, I was up against, I was up against Daniel, like, yeah, and he, who's he's talented, talented. Um, and I told Chrissy, I remember Chrissy was in New York on business doing a shoot with Disney and I called Chrissy and she was like, how did the auditions go? I was like, oh, it went cool. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get it. But, you know, at least I made it that far. Because at that point, I had knocked out being, I had knocked out my first performance credit or show credit that I needed to graduate, right? So I wrote, and Jenny Park can tell you, I wrote on the sheet, because um, at CSUN, remember, you have to write down, like, if there was a role that you would like, what role would that be? And I was like, I literally wrote in big, bold, capital letters, anything. I do not care. <laughs> and so, because I just, Bro. I was like, all right, cool. 
an ensemble. And then I just do like, now that I'm getting to know most of the theater department, I can just do a random crew and I'll be good to go. And there, boom, graduation. So I was like, I'll take anything. So, and I told Chrissy that. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not going to get it. Daniel's a really talented guy. And, you know, he's he's got the pipes and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, yeah. So probably going to get an ensemble role, which is fine. Like, you know, because easy for me because I can just show up, dance and do my thing and get out of there. Um, and then I remember I went, I had uh, Matt Jackson's class the next day. That 8 a.m., that 8 a, that awful 8 a.m. Friday morning class. Um, any, any I love you, Matt. AM class, any 8 a.m. class should just not be. Ugh, uh, no. really good. But if Matt Jackson's listening to this, I do love you very much. Um, I, I you, do Matt miss Jackson. you. Shout out Matt Jackson and your beautiful family. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I woke up for that. And then I sat in the back. I was so tired. And um, Jenny was sitting at the front. And she was like, hey, John. I was like, hey. Wait. Right. She was, was she SM? Was she the SM for the show? So, and here's what, here's another reason why Jenny Park is tied into my life so much. Um, so Jenny called me up. She was like, hey, um, come over here. And I was like, what, dude? Like, are you just going to show? Like, I, what? What are you going to tell me? How bad they thought I was? Like, um, because the way that I'm sorry, shouts out to uh, Professor Axe. Um, <laughs> bro, he hated me. <laughs> I'm pretty like what he. No, I was singing. I was singing. I was doing my bars, and I could see him out in the audience, dude. This guy was like shaking his head, like with a vet, like nope, like like hands in his head, like hard in his hands. You know, Carrie was fine. She just sat there. She was just like nodding along, and I was like watching acts. I was like, all right, cool. Daniel's getting the part, and I'm done. Um, and so, uh, Jenny calls me over the next day. And I was like, she's about to tell me how bad Professor Axe thought I was. She was going to tell me how Carrie probably thought I should, you know, go back to dancing. Uh, but she showed me the cast list. And then I saw my name. And then I was like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. You've got to be kidding me. Um, Hell I, yeah, dude. Anyway, so, so let me get this straight. Prior to this also... You didn't even have a lot of singing in your background? The thing is, I did. But I never... But, you know, like any skill, and you know this as a singer, mm-hmm. uh, treat any skill... You have to treat any skill like it's a pet. If you don't feed it, if you don't give it attention, if you don't work with it, it's going to die. So, like, you know, I did... I did musical theater in high school and all these things. And like, but all of that knowledge dude just went out of my head because what's the point? I'm going to be a dancer. That that identity was thrown onto you. So, so early that you were like, Nope, accepted there. Done. It was fine for me. Like I didn't mind because that was at the time when I was in high school, that's what like, so you think you can dance just premiered and like, 
you know? So I was like, dude, dance is taken off. I could go on. So you think you can dance or I can do this and that, or I can dance background for people or whatever, which was fine for me, still fine for me, which is totally fine. Um, but you know, I just, I took all that music knowledge, singing knowledge, vocal knowledge, threw it out the window. Cause I was like, I don't need it. Um, and then, uh, when I got the role, dude, I jumped at every, um, I went to, uh, a voice teacher of mine who was here in Michigan, but she, her daughter became this actress and they moved to LA. And so when I found that out, I was like, Hey, um, and I went to church with her too. So, uh, we knew each other through that. And so I was like, Hey, I know you're in LA now. Can I just like take lessons with you? And Ooh. she was like, yeah. Um, her name's Rebecca Anderson. She was an opera and she was a vocal major with an emphasis in opera at the university of Michigan. Who, what's funny is also one of her classmates was Neil Patrick husband, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's husband, now husband, which is so funny. They were both Small vocal majors. <laughs> I know. So crazy. Um, so she was, you know, hooking me up with lessons and I tried my best. I, the thing is, again, since I hadn't, I was like on a crash course with her. So I don't think I really picked up as much as I wish I did. Um, and so when I got to, rehearsals for you're in town i felt so ill-prepared um i was losing notes left and right um i i the the frustration on axe's face was just so you know and i was meeting with axe privately trying to like get things down and done and i had no idea how my muscles in the, the throat worked i did not know Soft palate, hard palate. I don't know what the heck those are. Um, so I, I had to the be. Anxiety wasn't helping. The anxiety and the nerves of it all wasn't helping because that just tightens everything up even more. Oh yeah, man. And then, um, and then I remember, uh, I remember praying, and I was like, God, in Jesus' name, please, just like I know, I don't know how any of these muscles in my throat work. Um, I don't know how to like hit these notes, but if you could just please give me like a strength, some wisdom, some guidance. And then, uh, and then I remember I had Christine's class and, um, I, I remember just something in me, even though like, I, I mean, I was cool with Christine, um, she healed my shoulder miraculously. I got to tell you about that too. But, um, yeah, but, healed. What? uh, dude, it was insane. Um, so I, I went up to her literally as clear as I'm hearing you right now. Something said to me, talk to Christine about it. Like, and it wasn't, I, 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 I didn't feel like it was in my head. It literally felt like someone was right in front of my face and they said, speak to Christine about it. And so I went to Christine and I was like, Hey, um, I'm having trouble trying to like hit these things and do these whatever. And the thing is, Christine's not even a singer. She's just trained for the voice of an actor. Right. 
um, stage voice, regular speaking. A and breath work. A lot of breath work. And she was like, oh, lift your soft palate. And I was like, what? She was like, have you ever yawned before? And I was like, <laughs> question. Yeah, what kind of question is that? Of course uh, I've yawned before. I yawned, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. I do it in your class all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so bad. I love Christine so much. Um, but it's like, think about the feeling that you have in your in your throat when you yawn and then try to think about the notes of whatever you're trying to do traveling along that roof of what's going on. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And then I tried it the next time I had met with professor Axe, and he was like, Whoa, what did you do? Because he was like, you sound, he's like, I don't want to mince words with you. You sounded like garbage the last <laughs> couple times I met He's like, oh man. Right. He was like, I didn't want to mince words with you. You know, you're a big boy. I was like, yeah, I'm a, yeah, okay. okay. And he was like, a lot better. He was like, I think we can still tune it, but dude, oh my gosh, so much better. I was like, all right, cool, great. So I felt confident. And then it ended up working out. Um, Dude, you did a great job. And, great. You and Dahlia killed uh, Thank you, man. Um, do you still talk to Dahlia? I yeah, I do sometimes I, here and there. But she's like busy so, living her life extravagantly. Dude, I see her on Facebook sometimes. I'm just like, goodness gracious. Um, but, I just uh, want to see her for her dog, honestly. I mean, I love Dahlia. Shout out Dahlia. You know, you're, you're a homie, but your dog's so cute. I want to do. Oh, she has like a pug. I think it's a pug, right? Oh, so I mean, cool. I want to put my face in its belly. <laughs> anybody that has pug, yo, time, yo, serious, if we could just man. give a quick timeout. I gotta go. We're gonna do a quick magical bathroom break because we're about to hit an hour and a half. Nope. Which is beauty, beautiful. Whoa. That's beautiful. We, we, I'll be right no. back. Timeout, and we're back. There it is. Look at that. The magic. Well, yeah, we're going in almost Dude, an hour and a half. Uh, that we're doing a. We're, I mean, I feel like we could talk forever. I don't want to hold you on too long, but I do want. I feel like we, dude. Thank yeah. you for sharing so much. That was wonderful, dude. Everything you shared, my dude, from your, from what, your own personal belief spiritually to just your your own story. I just, I, I personally feel more appreciative of our friendship, knowing your story, uh, and now. Yeah, man. That being said, I want to take us to my favorite, my 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 favorite tangent of this show. Not my tangent, my favorite segment of this show. Uh, Have you uh, ever heard of Inside the Actor Studio? Of course. Oh, I went to a taping of. You did? Yeah, with Viola Davis. Oh my god, Uh, that must have been a masterclass of an interview. I want to her and i cannot wait for woman king to come out because that just that's all she's needed in her in her like in her resume is like being like an action badass action hero next because she's dude i watch her face what's her face in dc she's what's um um oh what's wallace 
Miranda. Oh yeah, yeah. Miranda, she's that yeah. terrible character, like horrible yeah. in the yeah. horrible and like she's scary. Her character in DC is just terrifying. Miranda Waller, I forgot her name, but she's like in charge of the Suicide Squad and shit. But she's so exactly. badass in that. But Woman War, that's gonna be insane. But so this is gonna be your inside of the actor studio moment. Yeah. Where at the end, uh, you know, James Lipton would ask his 10 questions. I have those questions here to ask you. My oh, boy. All right, buddy. Let's All right. Are you ready? Uh, you know the show, so you might remember these questions. That, uh... The lightning round. <laughs> no, don't think of it as a lightning round. Take your time. You know, like really answer the questions as long or as short as you want. You know what I mean? We'll do. All right. Well, here we go. First question. What is your favorite word? Favorite word? Mm. This may sound bad, but um, attack. And... uh, and there's a there's a famous saying of a football coach here at the University of Michigan who's what's funny, dude, as University of Michigan is playing U of M football started. U of M is playing the University of Hawaii tomorrow. Where we went to Casey ACTF, dude. How crazy is that? Uh, um U of H. Yeah, so, Rainbow Warriors. You know. H real rainbow warriors. Um, but the, uh, uh, the, our coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh, he, um, his dad, who was a coach under the famous Bo Beckler, who was one of the winningest coaches in college football history. Um, he always told his sons attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. So, uh, and I remember just hearing those words and like that word attack really re- uh, resonates with me a lot because I feel like I can tend to be a person that kind of sits back and kind of, kind of sees what's going to happen. Um, and I, you know, and then over the years I've learned to kind of like chase things down, try to really grab a hold of what I can and attacking those things in that sense. So, yeah, I'll say attack. Nice. Right on. Next question. What is your least favorite word? Oh. Least favorite word. Oh. Um. <laughs> Man, that's tough. Uh, lost. I don't like that word. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, I think it's only because of my, my, um, association with the word lost. Uh, and yeah, cause I've been lost a lot in life and I've lost lost things in life i've been lost just you know uh 
physically, like directionally lost, like I'm in the middle of nowhere and I don't know where I'm going. But um, also just lost, like in life. Like, I don't know, you know, again, kind of like what I was telling you earlier, like after I lost my job at Disney, just a lot lost for a really long time. And then um, when I was moving back from New York back to LA, uh, I was again kind of lost because. Uh, you know, of the relationship I was in, the state I was in, uh, both physically, I was like 210 pounds when I moved back to California. And then I, oh, I couldn't even look that. Yeah. I was so bad, dude. I couldn't even, I couldn't shave or brush my teeth in the mirror. I did it all in the shower because I was just so low. And this was when after was you York. lost. And this was after you lost your Disney job. No, this is actually after I left. Between when I was in that relationship with, you know, uh, I I just lost again, lost my identity because I put my identity in that relationship. That attachment and that attachment exactly, and then it made me lose myself. Uh, I stopped yourself. I stopped exercising. Mm. Stopped eating. Um, I stopped hanging out with friends because it made her uncomfortable when I hung out with other female friends. Like, you know, I lost this sense of identity and then, Mm. uh, you know, I remember, yeah, I couldn't even shave or brush my teeth in the mirror. So I couldn't look at myself. And then, uh, but yeah, so feeling lost. Yeah, that word. I don't like lost. Right on. Right on. Thank you. Next question. Next question is, what turns you on? What makes you happy? This might be an obvious answer for you. (laughs) I'm going to show it to you, even though I know you're not filming this. So excited. Show it to me. <laughs> Not That's you, baby. Oh. oh my gosh. Um yeah, man. It's it's oh it's the worst but best addiction to have. Not just any <laughs> and shoe. Like, gotta be Nike shoes? Like speci- and like is it a specific kind of Nike shoe? Um it had like I don't know, dude. I'm kind of going through like trends. So in terms of like what I'm doing. So currently, uh, I'm training. Um, I'm, I'm doing a production of the Nutcracker and playing the Rat King. Uh, and I'm in terrible shape to dance the way I want to. I mean, I'm in pretty good shape. Like, but I'm not in like, can I survive a three minute dance shape? So, um, right now I'm into Nike has these shoes called Metcons, which are, um, a shoe specifically made for, uh, weight training. So, uh, weight training and agility skills, things like that that you would do in the gym. So, um, right now I'm on the Metcon kick. Uh, but also there's a shoe, one of the most, because I have wide feet and on top of that, 
flat feet. Um, there's a shoe that Nike came out with called the Space Hippie, and it looks like this. Oh, yeah, man. I got them on lock. So it looks like this. Ooh. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's 80, 75 or 80% of the shoe is made from recycled material. And it's called a Space Hippie. And like, I, I remember I bought them and I went to Disneyland with Jenny. And normally my feet are killing me at the end of the day. Dude, I felt like I was walking on like clouds the whole day. It felt so awesome. So uh, Nike turns me on big time. <laughs> yeah, nice. I, go from six, I go from six to midnight really easily if I see a good <laughs> Nike. <laughs> That's the weird part. Uh, you know. I still, I still have my, uh, the, the Nike, the Kobe's, the Easter, Easter Sunday Kobe's. I still have those. Hold on to those, man. Hold on to those. Those are going to be worth a lot. After he passed, dude, I, dude, after he passed away, man, I put them on and I was like, should I be walking out with these? Uh, should I just like keep these safe, clean them, not wear them ever again? But no, I wear them now, not just because they were shoes I, that I bought off of you, but like also, you know, now it's like, now it's like, yeah, it's like a, it's a it's remembering Kobe now. I have a little piece of that. And, uh, I think it, I, well, now I think, um, his wife renewed the Bryant contract with Nike. She was a, it expired last year, but she ended up resigning. Um, so I think hopefully they'll come out with some more, like, or at least re releases of his older shoes, which would be really nice. So, yeah. Right there. Put it in the bag. Put it in the bag. Don't even tell me the price. Put it in the bag. Tell me the price, dude. I just, yeah, stick it in there. Take my card and just <laughs> swipe it, tap it, whatever you have to do. <laughs> oh, dope. Yeah. All right. Next question. What turns you off? Ooh. I turn off. Um... Ooh. I I think I think I have I think I have two if that works if that's in the parameters of the rules of this uh, totally segment. <laughs> so the first one is um, a turnoff is people who judge adults that are still somewhat in touch with their childhood side or childlike side inner child like uh yeah inner child um like i got into i kind of got into it with someone the other day uh because i put the story on my on my instagram of that stupid tiktok trend of they're a 10, but da, 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 right? So there's these two girls and, um, he's a 10, but he watches anime. And like, and then, um, I was like, come on, man. Like, and, um, I put that up on my story and someone reached out and they're like, you're a grown adult. Why are you watching it? And I was like, dude, there are so many life lessons 
that I have learned from anime. Like, whether it's anime, whether it's manga, like, um, you know, I, I, I love, I love underdogs. Uh, I believe I am one. And, um, and, you know, like Goku, mm. Naruto, you know, people that were counted out, you know what I mean? They found a way to, you know, make themselves better and, you know, be who they become. Right. Um, so yeah, so I explained that to her and then, uh, she also was questioning why I still had my, um, annual pass at Disneyland. And I was like, Oh, let's go down that hole. Um, well, is she I was born? like, dude, can she not afford it? Is she just jealous? Like what, what's her problem? Like, is she, she not is giving it up? Like what, what's going on? Because she lives here. Oh, so she's jealous. In Michigan. She's just jealous. She's like, I can never go oh, to yeah. Disneyland. So. I like going to Disney World, but I don't have, like, all the fit, like, like you and me. We have spirit jerseys galore. Like, my Jenny has. My prized possessions. Like, Jenny has, Jenny has her, uh, her backpacks. Like, oh. she has the shirts. She has, I mean. We have the hats. We have the stuff. You know what I mean? And um, and again, I had to explain. I was like, dude, you don't know the role that Disney played in my life. And from when I was a child up until now, you know? So uh, so people who judge inner child, inner children. Um, and then uh, another turnoff is kind of like what we were talking about before with religion is uh, thinking you're perfect and casting a stone. People who are like that. Those judgmental peeps in the church. Right on. Right on. Next question. What sound or noise do you hate? Even though I try to make it as calm as possible, uh, the alarm on my phone, it's still like a nice, like, whatever, but I think no matter what alarm it is, I will be annoyed because I have to wake up. And the thing is, it's like, I'm, I don't think I'm a morning person, but I, I think I am. But, oh man, when that alarm goes off, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But yeah. <laughs> Alarm. alarm baby right on next question what sound or noise do you love ooh this is odd really odd um uh it's usually in outdoor basketball courts when it's a chain net not like a not like a cotton net like you see on regular basketball hoops, but it's a chain net, and the sound that um, a basketball makes when it goes through that it sounds so cool. Um, also, the sound of like a regular like cotton net too, when you know you can sink a you can sink a nice three pointer or a free throw, and that just nice beautiful it doesn't hit the rim at all. It just goes right through and it just make that swish noise. Oh, jeez, so nice. 
I don't know what that sounds like personally, but I, I, I can imagine it's wonderful. I never make it. As you've seen from our past experiences, you're really great at basketball. I admire your skill. Uh, and I, uh, I, I try to just mimic what you do. And I'm like, I'm like, Space Jam. What's up? If you watch the beginning of Space Jam, the opening scene of Space Jam when he's a kid. Yeah. And he's talking to his dad. It's like, you know what? When I grow up, I want to be in the NBA. He's shooting on a chain net, and you can hear, you'll be able to hear that noise. You see the space jam, and then, it's a great oh, sound. yeah, it's a great magical sound. sound. Next question: What is your favorite curse word? Curse word, ooh. Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. Also, this is also a tough one because you know I don't swear. It <laughs> um, uh, makes it more uh, interesting. <laughs> um, you know, it's it. Yeah, this. I mean, you know, I don't mind. I, you know, you know me. I only swear if I'm like quoting someone or like if it's you know, uh, really out of context. If I'm not really doing it. Um, favorite curse word though. Probably motherfucker. Like that, <laughs> that sounded so proper. I don't know. There's just something motherfucker. <laughs> I know. It sounded so proper coming out of your mouth, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll probably do that. But um uh but yeah, I I find myself um and people find it so funny. Because I'll say like mother and then I'll just cut off. I'll be like, mother. Like I was playing golf today and um I missed a really easy putt and I was like, mother and like I just you know <laughs> the guy I was playing the guy I was playing with, he was like he's like, you know, I've seen you do that a lot today. Do you not? I was like, Oh yeah, I don't swear, I just you know that's the only way for me to let out the frustration, I guess, by cutting it off. <laughs> But before I did used to swear like a sailor. Like I think when I was in middle school up until my sophomore year of high school, I was cursing on the reg. Like every other word out of my mouth was a curse word. But yeah. You were like, you were like it was like quoting old stand ups and shit like, oh no titty having ass bitch. Oh he's she he said she had no nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny because I did um uh I did I did stand up out here and what? uh it was so hard. You did stand up no way. I'm I'm starting to do stand up and it's um Wait, so time I out. This is out a thing that didn't I'm sorry, this is a thing that isn't just a one time thing you did. This is something you, you you started to do on the regular? Like So before before the pandemic, um I I I was doing I was doing improv at Upright Citizens Brigade. Mm-hmm. And um I was on I was on a I was on a team and all that and then um every night uh, they have a cafe, uh, at the training center and in the back, they have a little stage mic and they have open mics 
And so um, a couple friends of mine uh, that were on the improv team together, we just started writing, coming up with jokes and all these things. And um, so, you know, went up and did it and loved it. And then um, I I uh, did uh, another open mic and it went really well again. So I, you know, now I'm trying to uh, uh, do some open mics out here in Ann Arbor. There's a lot of comedy clubs, which is kind of interesting. Hell out yeah, here in dude, Ann Arbor. That's so rad. Yeah, man. And so, uh, so yeah, doing stand up, and then, um, uh, yeah, and I, and it was so funny because it's so hard not to swear, because like I want You're keeping to, it clean, but, You're keeping it Jeff Foxworthy clean, dude, for real. And it's like, yeah, and it, it was tough. Like, um, a famous. Oh well, now it's so funny because I really thought it was only funny with like you guys and people in the green room, but the clouds story. And, um, I really only thought that like Jenny only found it funny or when, uh, Sabrina and I were together, <laughs> like I was just to like make me feel better. But dude, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was, it, it's, it's kind of a killing. It's, and, uh, it's so funny how, you know, oh, yeah, and I, I, heck yeah, man. So, you know, congratulations yeah, so, with that, swear. bro. I'm so happy to hear that you're like venturing off on this new creative outlet and putting yourself stand up is not easy, it is tough, dude. And you know, good, yes, definitely not. So and before, uh, I get, before I get to the next question, does this mean we're gonna make a trip out to Austin? Texas to go watch Kill Tony and do try to get one minute up on stage with them and get roasted and workshopped. Heck yeah, dude! Why not? You ever let's watch do Kill it? Tony? I'm yes, dude. And I'm like, oh jeez, I, I I don't know. I mean, I might cry, maybe. That's okay, but maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? You know, but like dude, that's awesome. Uh, that is- Awesome. I feel like I equate I equate that to like the training I had when I was in school in New York, and like I feel like the teachers there were just at Stella Adler were just like really hell bent on trying to break you <laughs> so that you could get better, and I feel like that's what we might experience in Austin. That's exactly what we. Oh, yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah. what All right, let's get to that next question. Uh, next question is, other than your profession now, what other profession would you like to do? Other profession? Oh, okay. Um, so here's another thing that I'm kind of exploring the idea of. is um, So currently I am, uh, I am uh, teaching dance at um, a studio out here in Dexter, Michigan. Uh, Shouts out to Dancer's Edge at Dexter, Michigan. Um, And um, also, I was put on as a consultant for the University of Michigan dance team. And and the thing is, it's like, over and over again, uh, we see injuries. And a lot of these injuries, I've had. Mm. And 
Um, uh, for example, one of my favorite students, um, her name's Sarah Grace Tan. Uh, she's about to move to California, actually. She just got into Santa Barbara. So she's about to be, she's a student there. And she also made their dance team, which is really hard to get into. She's probably in a party, um, too, because UC Santa Barbara is you can study buzzed. I'm so sorry to tell you, bro. Dude, I, I wanted to tell her that, but I told it to her when we were like, out of class and you can't and it's hard like, for you like you're you're her teacher you're her dance coach you have to keep it professional at the same time you can't be like you're going to ucsb yo that oh, shit stands totally. for you can study buzz bro go have fun you know she's also asian so i didn't ask her about the asian glow but um but i just you know i do want to make sure before she goes out there um, I like you these yeah. pills in case you need them. This is what I take. It prevents the redness. I got you. You take the Pepsid Complete 30 minutes before you drink or 30 minutes before you pregame. Because I know that that's about to go to one. That's and, um, or you could be like me where you bring Capri Suns to the party and stay sober. Um, yes. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but they, you know, she's, she's about to go out there and, and, and kill it, which is funny. Uh, but anyway, so she, before, um, I had a private, uh, lesson with her, um, me and the owner of the studio, uh, we kind of tag team giving her these private lessons and, um, she was doing this easy move that any real dancer could do and her kneecap was displaced oh, and oh, no ugh. so that Her happened kneecap? to me a lot just oh the yeah kneecap? dislocated dislocated patella happens all the time so that happened to her I had the same thing it happened to me when i was on stage once and um and the lot of the injuries that these dancers are getting i've had and I know how to assess and like treat it. And so, uh, the owner of the studio, Valerie, she was like, have you ever thought about doing physical therapy? I feel like you could really like help people. And I was like, hmm, maybe. And, um, and it's so funny because I think obviously the internet is always listening to us, uh, oh. directly after that. Facebook, Instagram, earn your, doctor of physical therapy degree in two years bowling green university of michigan entry level doctor of physical therapy da, 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 da. and then the more i thought about it i was like hmm i think i would really like to do that so actually currently now i'm uh starting to uh put some applications together hopefully become a physical therapist maybe and then be able to uh, because you know it's a really cool um it's a really cool uh, way to, because uh, I really love helping people and um, also doing something that has to do with health and wellness. Um, so I feel like being in that field would kind of serve both the camps that I love being in. And uh, so, yeah, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, which I guess I'm going to do now. <laughs> I don't know. Physical therapist. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. Long walk for a short drink of water. My bad. (laughs) 
It was a good sip. Don't even worry about it. Don't, no need to apologize. It was a good sip. Next question. What profession would you not like to do? Profession I would not like to do. Mm. Um, man, that's tough. Uh, I feel like I... Mm, no, because I would want to do that. I was going to say a pilot, but I was like, Mm, no, I would like to do that actually. Um, mm, oh, this is just one off the top of my head. I don't know if it's the actual answer, but definitely one of the top five, uh, if any. And, uh, it would be, um, it's, they have it a lot in Florida because it happens a lot, but it's, uh, you basically, I think you're part of animal control, but a separate one that, has to clean up roadkill. Ooh, okay. Would hate that because like I love animals and I hate seeing dead animals. Even though like I I even though like I eat meat and stuff, but <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that would just be really uh that would be really sad to look at. <laughs> but yeah. Rough. Needed that's a needed job, but whoa, that's a rough gig. Or if you had to uh, or if you were someone that works on death row, like you do the injection, you pull the, I watched the green mile the other day and I was like, I could not do this job. <laughs> that is be one the, of that. Little, be the person to like, yeah. like to pull the lever, be the person to pull the, put the hood on the head or something. I couldn't do it. That would be so hard. That'd be so Different tough. Time. Different time. That's, Probably unless like circumstances were maybe different, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Ooh. So funny that we're coming full circle with this religious talk and then <laughs> this is the last God. Um mm. Uh, uh, I think I'd like him to say, thanks for sticking with it because there were obviously so many times that I had fallen off the wagon, uh, time and time again. And, uh, I was never met with um, any kind of like judgment in terms of what came my way. Like, like I tried to, I really tried to like take my life. Like I really tried to like leave this earth and no way, no possible way do I deserve to have gotten that work study, to have made drowsy, to have made the dean's list, to have made urine town, which then led to us being able to go to Hawaii, 
which then led to Stella Adler, which then led to this, you know, and then when I moved to New York, I fell off again, you know, because I started putting my thing in someone else. And then no way did I deserve to get the opportunities that I did when I got back to California um, uh, to be able to, you know, be with the, the, the agent that I was with and, um, then, you know, being able to have a roof over my head, like no way I did that. No way, no way. Um, but I stuck with it. You know what I mean? And I, 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 I'm still trying to stick with it. Um, uh, I, I found, uh, I found, um, a partner, uh, uh, a, a woman who is also trying to stick with it and is holding me accountable and, uh, talking about our faith, uh, being on the same wavelength, uh, belief wise and, and spiritually as well as like romantically and all that stuff too. But, um, but yeah, it's like, and no way I deserve her, <laughs> but you know, they, they, that's the, these things. And I think it's, I, and I think it's because I stuck with it, you know, stuck to the program as they say. But yeah. Wonderfully said, wonderfully said, John, we got to the end of the podcast and we cleared two hours. Yeah. Oh, bravo. What episode you've had. Huh? Am I up there? What's the longest episode you've had? Oh, shoot. Longest episode, I think. Oh, God. Who was it? Was it Aria? I want to say because I remember when I looked at, I'm pretty sure it's that one because I'm pretty sure when I looked at the length of it, I was like, ooh, these go on for a while. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Aria, yeah, we got to talking on that one. Where is that one? Let me see. Punch. Wait, why? Aria oh, hey, says, someone's. Yo, what's up, Chrissy? Oh, what's up? Oh, my gosh. Shout out. Hey, she can't hear me, <laughs> but I see you. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> hey, background. No. This You're... is his new background. Yeah. <laughs> She's my wallpaper. You know, that's perfect. Don't now say that the entire time, Chrissy, we are recording this video. So you need to stay there the entire time. Okay. For consistent. Damn it. <laughs> recording the entire time. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Miss you too, Chrissy. Tell her to say hi. Oh, of course. oh man. But I'm yeah, man. See. No, Ario's actually 158. Oh, really? What yeah, phone was and, I looking at? That me and Pancho. 214 was me and Pancho. There you go. There you yeah. go. Man. Yeah, these episodes man. have been varying. It's a, it's a fun little trip just to see where they go, you know, where the conversation leads. But this has been, dude, this has been so wonderful. I appreciate everything you shared, man. I, I appreciate you being here. Now's the time. Share anything that's coming up, any stand-up gigs, any shows, anything you're a part of right now you want people to check out. This is your time to just... Take the stage, if you will. Yeah, man. Uh, so, um, as I said, I'm, I'm working with uh, University of Michigan dance team as uh, their hip-hop nationals consultant. Uh, they're about the probably one of the strongest teams I'd ever seen. Um, and uh, so 
They will be competing at uh, the UDA competition in Orlando. That should hopefully air on ESPN in February. Um, doing uh, I'm doing a production of the Nutcracker, um, and uh, that's going up in December, obviously. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty much about it. Uh, but dude, I'm so grateful for your friendship, man. I'm so happy we stayed friends. I love that when we talk, like feels like nothing's changed. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of of you and 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 Steph and and Milo. How's Milo doing? But um, he feels alive. Oh man. Oh, but yeah, man. You know, uh, of course. You know, you guys were part of uh, a huge part of my journey and how I've survived this journey and uh like you and Jenny and uh you know and uh you, you know your friendship means so much to me man and I'm so I'm so happy that you're doing this that you're out there that you're still doing your thing and um man I can't wait to see where where we go from here man it's going to be awesome dude I got nothing I love you man. For you man thank you brother I love you man like I appreciate your friendship is, uh, you know, I, I was raised with, you know, with the beliefs of, of a Christian, uh, but, mm-hmm. but I just know, you know, that I don't know what's out there, but you telling me your story and seeing how even serendipitous you going into drowsy, becoming friends with all of us, all of it, call it serendipity, call it fate, call yeah. it God, whatever you call it, just, it's, it's something else. There's another force out there, but I'm grateful I got you in my life, man. Uh, I'm definitely at a place where when it comes to friends, it's all about quality over quantity, you know? Wow. Dude, thousand percent. You're my brother. You're for more those... than a friend. You're my brother, man. You're just like oh, you are friends. my You're my brother, that chosen family. Exactly. And of course, what bonds us together is the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady, next season. That's for the next episode. We'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what we would do if we saw Tom Brady walk into the room. We'll come. You'll come back to the show. We'll talk about what my uh, my mouth's watering. Excuse me. We gotta go. We gotta cut this short. Have you had any returning guests? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Right. Okay. That's why I had. I've had people come in already, like for their third time. Uh, I, I've had some people their second times coming in. So yeah, I've got, I've got people coming in, uh, you know, Let's that would just come hang out. Like I want to just treat this show like a place to just transmit whatever you want to manifest, whether it's, you know, a project you're currently working on or, or ideas you're currently working on, or even if it's just, you know, geeking about the latest Thor movie, which everyone talks shit about, but I personally thought it was great. Thank you for saying that, Stephen Brogan, and that's why you're my brother. I was like, I don't know why people are pooping on this. Like, this is actually pretty good. Um, but yeah, was it the best Thor movie? Probably not. I don't think it beats Ragnarok. What does but that mean? But that's, I, that's the whole thing. That's so subjective to say like, oh, it's the best Thor movie. It's the best. It's just the latest one that came out. You know, like when Endgame yeah. came out, that's the best Avengers movie we've ever seen. Until you see <laughs> Kang Dynasty and then you're like, holy shit, what was that? Like, oh, that's what these Kang wars are. 
geeking me out. Um, yeah, no, that's exactly it. But see, again, again, that's why we're brothers. We're on the same wavelength about that. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback, and Thor Love and Thunder was weak. You're talking about anime? Fucking what, uh, Like I don't know if you see. Do you, I don't know if you yeah. see like Vegeta over. That's Goku in all his form. No, yeah, it's Goku in all his forms. Even Goku yeah. Black down there. But dude, I, I went to yeah. go see fucking uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super oh, Superheroes with Brian Tran. Bro, I am. Ri- you went with Brian? What's he doing? He's doing well. He's been on the show too, man. I know. I saw. I, I didn't listen to the episode yet, though. Oh man, Brian's so cool. Um, but yeah. So oh, yeah, I I, I want to go. I have my plan was to try to go watch it tonight. Maybe catch a late show. Watch like, it, bro, it. and then we can talk about it because it is just a good, fun Dragon Ball movie. Yeah. So funny because um, so there's a movie theater in a city near me called Saline, Michigan. Saline is heavily white, heavily Caucasian, uh, rural kind of town, but they have this really nice movie theater called the Imagine Movie Theaters. There's a chain of them throughout uh, Michigan. So um, I remember the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie came out and I was like, I'm going to go watch it. I was like, oh, damn, it's probably going to be so many people. And I'm still thinking I'm in California where a lot of people watch anime, but I'm not. I'm in rural Saline, Michigan. I walked into that show. I was the only one in the theater. <laughs> oh, like, it was so interesting, but it felt so good. And, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's funny how that I'm probably about to be the case tonight if I go watch Dragon Ball. So I so yeah, that. man, but yeah, you know, yeah, we'll have, we'll, yeah, I'll come back on the pod and then we can, we can chop it up about, about all of the stuff you and I are into, which is, yes, sir. but yeah, man, dude, I appreciate you having me on dude. For real. I love you so thank much, you, man. Brother. I love you too, man. Thank you. Thank you. We're done. Welcome to the end of the show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, taking a wild ride, wild ride. I got to learn a lot about my good friend. Uh, hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I know uh, it could have been uh, a little hard for some to hear, but uh, these are journeys we all take. We all, we all, we all, we all have our stories, and we just hope to persevere to get to the next chapter right to get to tell someone our story hopefully but but wow what a what a what a ride to get here to end it with some good old anime talk man oh good old always a good time with john can't wait to have him back on the show uh all his links are going to be in the description below uh if you want to know more about what john's up to uh, as well as all my links, go go search Stephen Brogan Cortez. Have you searched Stephen with the V, not with the PH, because that's Stefan. Don't, don't tell me otherwise. Steph, Stephen Greenfield. I'm looking at you, Stephen Greenfield. That's a that's Stephen. Uh, but Stephen with the V, Brogan Cortez. Uh, just check it out. Why not? Oh, and don't forget, don't forget, you're enough. You're more than enough. It's insane how enough you are okay bye